Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Chris and Andre Show, your place for all the latest, greatest thoughts that Chris and Andre have. As always, we are your loyal hosts. My name is Chris. And I'm Andre. And we are back for week number two. Uh, this is going to be like the first time in a long time that we've actually been able to record multiple weeks in a row, which is nice. Getting back into the yeah. groove as we wrap up our summers here. Yeah, the struggle is real. <laughs> it's just like, wow. Wow. Uh. <laughs> We have these uh, adult problems like, you know, having kids and remodeling houses, blah, blah, blahs. Um, but, yeah, it's good to record. It's good to sit down and talk to my boy. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So this week we have a new topic for our big rant. We are going to be talking all about the world of cryptocurrencies. Uh, if you're unfortunate enough to have invested in cryptocurrencies up to this point, um I apologize for your bank account right now. I don't know why I'm apologizing. I had nothing to do with it. Um, I was like this close to investing in crypto at one point, just like for shits and giggles. And thankfully, like the uh, my attempt to invest in it did not go as easily as I thought it would. And so I just gave up. And I'm really glad that I saved that money now because it would have been worthless. More or less. But uh, we've got a number of different things that we're going to kind of touch on when it comes to cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, all of the um, crypto exchanges, kind of where the market sits right now, what the future holds for it. Um, so, yeah, if you're at all interested in kind of how crypto works, why people are so enamored with it and what the heck is going on in the market right now, make sure that you stay tuned to the rest of this episode. So let me just start off with saying, when it comes to crypto, uh, my biggest hesitation has been one thing. You don't invest in things that you don't understand. And, and that means not just uh, a clear definition, but actually understand the vehicle you're going to put your money in. My thoughts on crypto and blockchain is as a, as a technology, it's sound. The application has always been off. Um, and and I, I just think that people got, they, they started looking at the next shiny object saying, oh, I can make a lot of money with this. No, you can't. Stop <laughs> thinking that. Um, it just, to me, it's always stood out as a, like a multi-level marketing, you know, scheme, as a pyramid scheme, as a Ponzi scheme, like all of these schemes, there's only one way that people continue to make money off of it. And that is if somebody is willing to pay you more for what you have than what you initially paid for it. And if more people get involved and I think you and I have talked about this, if somebody is super eager to tell you why it is that you should be investing in something that should be a major red flag. Like, especially people that you don't know, like, personally. Someone who's not like, right. look, man, I know you've been looking for a way to kind of invest some funds or, you know, to have more of, like, a long-term retirement plan. And I think I've stumbled upon this thing that, that could be good. Here's a stock tip for you, right? Um, even that's, like, shady to some degree. But <laughs> Yeah, I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> crypto is just one of those things where the first time I heard about it, we were working at E-Area. Uh, one of our colleagues, uh, co-workers more, was 
all excited because he had bought some Dogecoin. And that right there was like the thing where I'm like, wait, there's a coin about that stupid meme? Like that that's what? What are you gonna what are you gonna do? I'm gonna invest in it. It's gonna be worth a lot of money someday. Why would it be worth a lot of money someday? Because people like that meme and it's a silly coin and people are gonna invest in a silly coin and I'm like Okay. Yeah, it, it goes back to principle number one. Uh, only invest in things that you know or, or you can explain. Crypto had this uh, this air about it of, well, number one, they kept saying cryptocurrency. Well, I don't understand uh, currency trading. I understand the currency, like currency by definition. And just the general definition of currency makes you say, well, why would I invest in cryptocurrency? Because, oh, they're going to decentralize the markets and you're going to be able to um, be able to trade and buy services and goods outside of this evil global market. And as soon as I, I heard that, I'm like, and no, you're not. No. You're just not going, that's just not going to be a thing. Uh, you're not going to have that happen. One thought I had is, and this kind of breaks into one of the things that we're going to talk about. The, the, the excitement over crypto was, is it, was it about uh, money or wealth or however you want to phrase that? Or is it something else? Um, and we've, we've mentioned plenty of times again, that uh, the middle class is dying. Uh, and, over the last like 40 to 50 years, if you actually look at the growth of our economy, there, the, the quote unquote middle class has been dwindling. The American, the quote unquote American dream is somewhat of a, uh, it's a, it is a very, very big dream. Uh, it is a dream. <laughs> it's, it's not even attainable, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Here's a fun fact. According to the Pew Research Center, the number of households living in the middle class fell from 61% in 1971 to 50% in 2021. I think those numbers are a little bit skewed, and I think it would actually be um, it, it would be more than that, if I'm being honest. So what are your thoughts the, on that? Well, you think the percentages are higher, or you think yeah. that the fall is higher? I think both. Okay. So you think that... The 1971 number was higher than 61%. You think that the 2021 number was higher than 50%, but you right. still think that the percentage points that it dropped was also higher by... That, yeah. That's okay. exactly correct. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the episode that we talked about, the, is the middle class really dying? I think our basic investigation, if you want to call it that, led us to believe that, no, it's not really dying. You know, like there's, yes, it's not as large as it was before, but there's a lot of reasons behind that, that there have been a lot of changes to the way that the economy operates here in the United States. There's been a lot of ways that, um, I mean, surrounding that, like cost of living has gone up significantly in a number of different places. You've seen 
a lot of the places where it used to be cheaper to live are now more expensive to live. I mean, like we're a perfect example of that, right? It used to be dirt cheap to live in North Carolina just about anywhere. But if you're on the coast like I am or you happen to be anywhere near RTP like you are, then the cost of living has actually gone up quite significantly over the last you know, 50 years there. I mean, staggeringly, probably. Right. <laughs> um, so I think that, yeah, the, there's a number of different things that have contributed to that. And I think, you know, where, where this kind of goes is looking at what are people trying to do in order to achieve this American dream, right? To own a house with a dog and a picket white fence and two and a half children. That half child is really freaking me out. Uh, that but. is one thing I've never understood. Like when, when we say two and a half kids, what does that mean? Is it, <laughs> are we just saying that like we have a half a kid or maybe there's or, one on the way? I don't <laughs> Or is it saying that a, a vast majority of people really have one kid while some people because of cultural reasons have three? Or I don't know. I, I just we're sixteen, right? So <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have ever said two and a half kids, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, um, I don't know. That's I just think that there's a there's this disconnect, right, between what is reasonably achievable and what's what is not even achievable, but like what the average american can expect given a a baseline level of you know education and contribution and hard work um right. that i think most people assumed if i go to high school if i go to college i get a degree and i get a job that i will automatically be able to achieve this thing and I just don't think that that's true anymore. Well, it's not uh, because another interesting fact is the, to quote, the share of aggregate U.S. household income held by the middle class has fallen steadily since 1970. Now, that could be a myriad of factors. It could be because the cost of goods sold has increased. It could be um, annual inflation compounded. It could be the fact that wages haven't um increase across the board per industry. There's a lot of reasons why that could be true, but it also, it's, it's all, it's ex exasperated by the fact that every survey I've seen in the last couple of years, it says if the American family has a $500 emergency, they can't pay $500. Some say a thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, that's pretty scary. Um, the another point to bring up is uh, the income of married couples has increased since the time uh, that same time period, but divorces increase at the same like rate as it, almost mirroring like the amount of income that people have. Right. So it's a very complex problem, um, but I, I'm also leaning on the fact that it's a possibility that the middle class doesn't really exist. I, I shared a video and it basically said there's really two types of people. There's the wealthy and the not wealthy. Now the spectrum of the not wealthy is it varies. Uh, it could actually be what we call upper middle class to 
lower income, you know, poor people. And maybe that's true. Uh, and I think, you know, to tie it back to crypto, I think people saw crypto as a way to get a step ahead of the, uh, the, the current financial environment that we live in in the country. So it was a shortcut, you know, yeah. and I wonder, because I don't think, you know, we, we hear a lot about generational tendencies. We've talked about that in the past. I don't think that it's exclusive to say like Gen X or millennials or, you know, Gen Z or anything like that. I think that it is more of this maybe internal pressure that people put on themselves to try and achieve this specific, ideal you know or something that they saw their parents have at a time where things were completely different and i i have struggled with that at times you know like right. i mean it's it is frustrating sometimes when you look at it and you think well i'm 38 um i've got two kids i've got a wife i feel like you know i should be able to based on where my parents were at this point in their lives, like own a house, a couple of cars, you know, have things not like completely figured out, but feel like I'm on pretty good standings. And some months I feel that way <laughs> and some months I don't. It's been a little bit better since I've been using uh, my budgeting tool. Um, you need a budget. and Really? You've been using that? Yeah. Last month or so. You're welcome. Yeah. I do thank you um, for the for the heads up on that, but yeah, I think it's it's. How does still... that, uh, let me pause. How does that make you feel to 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 manage that uh, part of your life in a manner? I wouldn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't prescribe a particular manner, but to to be aware of that. Um, at times I feel really good. And then when I blow my budget, I don't feel so good because <laughs> I'm made starkly aware of it. But it does, I think, help me to kind of plan a little better, even in those moments where I'm like, okay, we went way over on this. And so now I've got to look and figure out, like, where are we going to be able to make some, you know, sacrifices in order to cover that? And, you know, I like most months I probably count myself in the group of people that cannot easily cover an unexpected thousand dollar, you know, bill. Um, and so one of my goals in all of this is to be able to have more of an emergency savings fund for those types of things, you know, in addition to my retirement funds and other investments right. and things, just a, a pool that I can draw from, but something that otherwise I don't, I don't mess with it. And that's been a struggle for me because I like things. I like stuff <laughs> and I'll be like, well, I got all this money in this account. I'll, uh, you know, I could spend a thousand dollars here. I buy a new computer, you know, like, yeah, why not? And then three months down the road, I'm like, God, I wish I had that thousand dollars. Like that would have been right. nice right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're right. I, I will, and that's awesome. I'm glad that you're doing that. Um, I will say that for my marriage, it helps to kind of communicate where we are financially because I'm the saver. My wife is a spender. So it actually helps us to communicate where we are financially. And two, 
um, you'll find yourself asking your asking the question, what does the budget say we have? Not what does my account say? That, that's that's why when you talk about Synchrony Bank, that's part of the reason why my brain was, yes, I can use credit, but I have $3,500 to you know spend the money. So that's right. awesome. I'm, I'm really proud of you. And I'm not just saying that. I'm saying No, no, like, no. I, I, I understand. <laughs> and it goes, and it, we talked about this briefly a, a few weeks ago. It's about lowering your expenses and understanding how much money you actually have. That, that actually, like changing that behavior probably fixes people's need to find a shortcut, you know, like cryptocurrency, right? If you have a plan that's, that's pretty flexible um, financially, you'll be fine. You won't stress out about money. Um, and, and I, I, I guess I don't under, I don't understand people's need to, uh, or, or the desire to, to find a shortcut because I don't think it's very valuable at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we even talked about this on the middle class um, episode where it's like there is an element of laziness, you know, and it's not like right. that you aren't willing to work. It's that you aren't willing to work enough or to do the smart work that you need in order to be able to get to where you want. And so instead, it's like, I just want to get there now. I think there's also an element of jealousy where you see other people who have taken shortcuts and managed to achieve things that you think you want. And so you feel like you should be able to take those shortcuts as well or other shortcuts or that ultimately that's the only way. And I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's the only way. Like you, once you perceive a shortcut as the only way, that's the problem. Yeah. A shortcut is going to, is only going to, it's only going to benefit a small percentage of people. By the time that everybody else sees the shortcut, it's no longer sh- it's a it, it's it's five forty traffic at five o'clock basically. Right. Um, it's DC traffic as everybody's going home. So a shortcut's only going to benefit a small percentage of people for a limited amount of time, and then once more people know about it, it's no longer a shortcut. It's more of a uh, a burden. Uh, and I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, it, huh. That's, that's interesting that you say that. <laughs> and that's the end of our episode. Thanks ladies and gentlemen. Chris just solved the problem here. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've still got so much more to talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, look again, this is something that I'm definitely guilty of from time to time. I mean, I think like there have been plenty of times, even with this podcast, right, where you look at people who got into the YouTube early and a lot of people were like, oh, that YouTube thing, that's not going to be a thing. Who wants to put their lives out on the internet? But certain people who did it early were able to benefit monetarily from that, especially when there weren't wasn't weren't so many people and creators for that money to be distributed to. And so you got a lot more eyeballs, you got a lot more of the funds. Now we're at a point where, you know, we're competing with hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of other creators out there on a regular basis. And if that was our sole goal was to say, how do we start a YouTube channel and make money? We'd be not doing very well at that, like, two and a half years in. But that's okay, because that's not why we started this. Like, ultimately, right. we did this because we wanted an opportunity for us to, to talk, and because 
we don't live in the same place anymore. And we were also dealing with the pandemic for a while there. Like there's a number of different elements that are, have kind of fed into it, but you know, what we found, right. Is that over time, some videos that weren't even necessarily super popular early on have started to become more popular, like our, why you should never work, do business with synchrony bank. Um, that's suddenly become like one of our biggest videos all, you know, for whatever reason, I guess, I have a couple of theories on it. We can get into that later, maybe. Um, <laughs> I won't drag us down in our middle of our cryptocurrency conversation with that. But yeah, I just, I think that there's, you know, I, I look back, you're talking about shortcuts again, right? Like the dot-com bubble where people, you know, oh, dump your money into anything with a dot-com. I mean, crypto was like this for a while. There was that John Oliver episode where he was talking about crypto. I know, your boy. Um but there was some good points in, or at least some interesting st- information that was presented in that. Can you interject? Was, Let I me guess. just say this. John Oliver's got a great team. He's hilarious. The objective of his show is pointless to me. Like, I actually watch John Oliver and listen to John Oliver because the topics are interesting. I won't give him any more credit beyond that. So... Mr. Oliver, you're probably not listening, but I, I, I would say your show's entertaining. Yeah. Like actionable, probably not. Entertaining, 100%. Your writers are fantastic. Your researchers are fantastic. Uh, the bluff thing, eh, that didn't mean, but go ahead. Uh, so I was just talking about how at one point adding blockchain to your like company name resulted in three times the valuation of your stock. Reuters found that existing companies that merely added the word blockchain to their name saw their stock price on average increase more than threefold. So if you're a publicly traded company and you happen to have the word blockchain when crypto was kind of you know starting to explode, people were desperate to invest in those companies and they felt like blockchain anything to do with blockchain is going to be huge i got to get my money in there now so if you could find a cheap stock that had blockchain in the name i don't even remember what it was there was like some tea company or something that added blockchain to the name yeah, and yeah, yeah, even yeah. they like got three they had nothing to do with the technology but just putting it in their name um, it's so different than people that buy p.o boxes just to have a carry zip code because they it actually attracts new customers um it's so different than people that want to have an RTP zip code. It's those things are fine. You have to, you know, you have to wade through the BS. Yeah. Um, this. It, the second point would be the math says people are struggling. So you know, if you look at what's happened over the last fifty years in our our society and our, our country. Um, and you look at how people look at economics, especially personal economics. The crest was the 80s, the, the, the age of indulgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 90s tried to rebound in with a, a little bit of uh, dissatisfaction with how people spent their personal capital. The excess of the dot-com era confused things a little bit, a, a little bit more. And I, I think that what people have to realize... The American dream is probably dead. It's probably probably been dead since like I don't know the mid nineties. Um, the components of the American dream don't, no longer exist. You can't just go out and buy a house. Right. Uh, I, I yeah, I was gonna just, say I, 
like the not to cut you off, but just to, to qualify that maybe I think the American dream has changed. You know, like like what is again like what is achievable has changed. What was the American dream is for most people no longer achievable. So are we at American Dream 2.0? Uh, at least, yeah, probably like okay. two point, or or maybe we've gone back 8. to like a a pre-release like beta version or something like that. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> but I mean, like, so we talked about it uh, before talking about not everybody needs to own a home, right? Do you have? a few thousand, ten, fifteen thousand dollars sitting around to make a down payment on a house? Do you want to be the sole person responsible for everything that goes wrong with your house? You know, yes, there are some benefits. You get some tax write-offs from your property tax. That's for not, seven years. That's, yeah. that's that's where you kind of it barrels out. But go right. ahead. Right. Uh you have equity that you can build in your home so that if you want to either move to a new home or upgrade or, you know, invest and do that sort of thing. Yeah, you can draw from the, the equity within your home. You can't do that if you're renting. But I think, again, it's a matter of trade-offs, right? This idea that if you don't own a home, you are somehow a lower-class citizen, right? In the caste system of America is a falsehood, ultimately, especially in today's like well, modern economics. Is, so isn't it fair to say um, when, when you look at home ownership, most people uh, generally aren't aware of the fact that you probably should put a, you know, five to seven K away a year for future repairs. Right. Not just property taxes, not just um, whatever, but just for like, it's like a business. Yeah. You have to like store away cash for repairs, your refrigerator that you have in your house will die. Your stove, dishwasher, washer and dryer, your roof. A roof in this area, like the last time I looked, is about 15K. 15 to 18K. And I could be, I haven't priced a roof in a long time. But that's a, if, even if I'm wrong and it's higher, like from day one, you should start putting away money every year to replace that roof. Yeah. Right? Um, your appliance, so your mortgage may be like $1,100 a month. Well, add on property taxes. What is, what is that going to cost you divided by 12? Add on a roof to, uh, replacement. What is that going to cost you yeah, divided insurance. by 12? Insurance. All those things, and you're, you've probably exceeded like, I don't know, close to $3,200. Yeah. Like $3,200 a month. To, to quote unquote own a home, right? That you don't actually own. <laughs> that, that you don't that, actually that own. Technically, the bank owns until you pay them off for it. Um, yeah, it's again. I think you know. It's like we've been continued. We've we've continued to be told. We uh, people continue <laughs> to tell us words, my out. friend. Words. Yeah, Use all your words. All of my words. We've been people continue to tell us. I almost did it again. Uh, that <laughs> if you don't own a home, you are doing something wrong. You know, that ultimately your goal should be to own a home. It doesn't matter what that home is. It doesn't matter where that home is. Just buy something, right? The best investment you can make is in real estate. Well, not if you invest in a piece of crap house that's going to fall down or in an area that 
ultimately isn't going to hold its value, which is what we saw in 2008, right? People were scrambling left and right to buy houses because of the low interest rates, and then the bottom fell out of the market, and people had no way to cover their mortgage payments. And so what happens? The bank comes in, forecloses on it, and that's it. Well, guess what's going to happen between now and the summer of 2023? Recession? The same exact thing. <laughs> I was I was reading something, and I, I think I it may have been you I was talking to. I found out that people were still doing arms. Yeah. With interest like damn near zero percent. For those of you that don't know, arm is short for adjustable rate mortgage, which basically means that based on where the Fed rate is, your bank can adjust the interest rate that you are paying on your mortgage every single year and typically the basis points are fairly low right but what happens when it like for this recently just happened like uh it was like 3.99 percent mm-hmm. and it just went up to five percent yep right um so typically it, your arm increase is a multiple of that right yeah yeah. So it's not pretty... a straight like, oh, I'm just, you know, oh, it went up 1.9 or, you know, 1.1%. So mine's also going up 1.1. Yeah, your basis points, you're going to get screwed. Like, so it's, gosh. <laughs> math, people, math. It's, it's, it's not that anybody would tell you that you can't have the things that you desire or you dream for. It's about the timing and the sustainability of those purchases. Right. Like I would never say, don't try to accomplish your dreams, but I would say to somebody that qualified for a $600,000 house, do you really need to spend $600,000 to get what you want? Right. Like those are two different questions. Yes. A bank will approve you for a max. Awesome. That is not what you should be spending in most in almost every single case. I mean, like right. rarely is what the bank willing is is what the bank is willing to lend you the amount that you should be spending on your home. And then you have but people you, that go back and ask for more because they find right. the house that oh I just really love this one. It's in the bright neighborhood and it's got the white picket fence and the dog's already in the yard and it's got the half a kid and <laughs> <laughs> the half a kid in the freezer in the in the in the garage. <laughs> So, uh, Rick Ross, Rick Ross, um, I had to do a double take when I saw this one. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yo, he, he killed me when he said this, uh, <laughs> the quote is y'all getting money. So much money. Where are you at? See, that's the thing about Rick Ross. That's the thing about the boss, the metaverse crypto. Y'all getting so much money. Where you at? Where you at? Show us. And I don't mean, oh, I'm trying to put money. Man, I got a lot of money. I ain't even need that fake money. But show us. Show my homies what the metaverse about. One of y'all big boy crypto dudes, guru crypto, pitch and take us. Step up and say, this is what we going to do, Rose. Where you at? Huh? Yeah, everybody giggling, looking around. <laughs> All that fake rich money, where it's at? 
all the people in your neighborhood telling you to do this, you probably shouldn't do it type of stuff. And like to be worth a million dollars on paper is great. It's not liquid, right? Crypto is a, it's a speculative thing. The, the whole thing was, it, it was smoke and mirrors. So you might as well be buying uh, shares of frozen orange juice concentrate futures. <laughs> you know, like. Here in New York, they trade everything. Gold, silver, platinum, heating oil, propane, cocoa and sugar, and of course, frozen concentrated orange juice. <laughs> Sorry, Trading Places was one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so. I don't, uh, and there's a couple of things. I understand the stock market. Uh, yeah. I understand investing. There are two books I would recommend, uh, Beating the Street, One Up on Wall Street. Um uh, very good books. I read them years ago. Peter Lynch, uh, the founder of the Magellan Fund, the guy that the, the grandfather of the mutual fund, pretty much, uh, if not the father of it. Um, he a lot of good advice. Invest in what you know. Do your research. Every company's got fundamentals. Hasn't been wrong since. But I would also say the stock market is not for the average American. Period. Like, stop thinking that's true. Stop thinking that uh, 401ks and mutual funds put you on the board with the big players. <laughs> Sorry. They do not. It, it's a smoke and mirrors, three-card Monty game. 401ks are just merely a way. It was a thank you, Mr. Clinton. It was just a way to get companies to uh, feel okay about killing pensions. They literally took the burden off of corporations to pay for people's pensions, a.k.a. their retirements later in life, and had those people dumping their money back into these corporations. Yeah, and they get to write it off in taxes. They're double, if not triple dipping in tax write-offs. But this is a good investment. Oh, I won't even talk about, I think it was... um, Detroit, it was somewhere in Michigan, where they took part of the IRAs and um, individual retirement accounts and their 401ks and put it into what? Crypto. How about El Salvador? Let's change the entire currency (laughs) of our country over to Bitcoin. And now the dude is literally like begging for for the people of that country not to... Lose their shit, yeah, and ultimately, like, (laughs) drag them out in the street. Um, Yeah, it's – I'm with you on what – or I guess I'm really with Rick Ross here and that those of you who made so much money on crypto, like, where are you right now? He said, where y'all at? Where y'all at? Well, yeah, but this is my my white-splaining of it. Um, And (laughs) – Second, I mean, it's basically the same thing we said earlier, where it's like if everybody that you know who's invested in crypto is telling you what an amazing thing this is and that all you need to get involved, you're going to miss the opportunity. That's because there's something in it for you, for them, not for you. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, I think I told you this story. My dad had a guy that he used to work with who was running a small company and was heavily involved in crypto not as the company but just personally and he had this idea where he wanted to 
make it an option for his employees to take part of their salary in cryptocurrency. And part of this was that he was also telling my dad, like, you need to get into crypto. If you're not investing in crypto now, like, this thing's going to blow up. It's going to be huge. You need to get into it. And he had this, like, presentation, right? That's where you know it's already started to go downhill. And my dad was like, will you sit in on it with me, me and my brother-in-law? Will you guys sit in and just, because I don't understand this stuff, you guys are much more tech savvy than I am. I just want to get your opinions on it. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Like, I got an hour. I'll sit down and listen to it. I didn't know much about crypto at the time. Um, What I remember walking away from that meeting feeling like the questions in my head were, I still don't understand how this works. Like you, you tried to explain it to me, but I still like, it still doesn't make sense to me that this stuff, it has an inherent value just because we're doing complicated math for some reason to verify the other transactions of this currency. Like, okay, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Second, there's no way to really back up your wallet. Like, if your hard drive crashes, if somebody hacks your computer and steals your crypto, there's no going... It's not FDIC insured, right? You can't go to the government and be like, somebody stole all my crypto from my bank account. No, like, that shit's gone. Um, Second, the third, sorry, this idea that every so often the amount of crypto that was out there got cut in half. The amount of available crypto, right? Mm-hmm. That might be Bitcoin specific, but there was one of the, whatever cryptocurrency he was talking about was like, well, yeah, every six months or something like that, every quarter, there's a, like a, we have the amount of crypto that drives the price back up. And I'm like, so you're falsely inflating the value of it by just, saying there's half as much as there was before i don't understand like still and the thing that bugged me the most was when we got off the call i asked my dad i said what's in it for him there's got to be something that he gets out of this because why would he be encouraging everybody else to do this if it's completely selfless i'm not accusing this guy of being like a bad person right but i'm just trying like there has to be something that he, for him to sit there and the pitch that he gave, the way that everything was presented, I just was like, no, there's, there's something weird going on here. And I don't think this is a good idea. I, um, let me go back to what I said before. Invest in what you know. There's 180 currencies across the, the globe. That is a fact from the the UN. The currency that backs probably 90% of those currencies is, guess what? The, the US, US dollar. dollar. Right? Crypto in and of itself is not bad because blockchain as a technology is not bad. Sure. To tie it to a currency is horrendous. It's horrendous. You're you're basically saying you're you're, you're making a speculative. It's it's in the same vein as shorting stocks. Yeah, <laughs> in my mind, 
It's or, like, I mean, it's, it's like investing in currency, except right. that at the end of the day, I could still take that currency and go buy something in the countries that accept it as currency. There's like right. n- almost nowhere. I'm not going to El Salvador to buy stuff in Bitcoin, you know, like it, you don't have the infrastructure. Uh, here's, here's what's like at a base level broken with current, like uh, crypto. Most people can they either have access to a debit card or they can purchase a prepaid debit card. So I'm going to say that debit cards are, um, they, they permeate through our society, mm-hmm. right? That is your digital wallet. You're not worried about transaction, you know, transactions, transaction fees, security for the most part. Uh, most major, uh, uh, service providers, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, whoever, are going to back those. So you may pay a transaction fee. What else do you need? Like literally nothing. The, the whole intent and purpose of it was to hide money. That, right. that was like, if you, if you listen to the people that are selling people on crypto, it was to hide money and not pay taxes. <laughs> let me, let me fast forward to what that really looks like. Russia got shut down when they invaded Ukraine, you best believe the U S government knew who had what, where it was coming from, et cetera, et cetera. Including does, that crypto. Sound, does that sound decentralized to you? Does that no. sound off the grid to you? When, when inflation in the economy in the United States started to go into the tank, cryptocurrency went into the tank with it. Does that right. sound decentralized to you? Is that off the grid? <laughs> I mean, that was one of the things where I'm just like, how is this not the shining example of why this is all wrong? Not all. Like you said, like blockchain itself as a technology, perfectly fine. Crypto, okay. But tying it all to a currency and saying that this has an innate value is where I'm still just like, no, this is still tied to ultimately what people are willing to pay you for these sh- essentially shares of blockchain information that you own. At one point, there were over 19,000 cryptocurrencies. So off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure that 180 versus 19,000, that's a crappy ratio. Yeah. There's dilution everywhere across that. There's there's nothing to kind of pin it down to a, a, a structural value. Um, there's no minimum requirements. Dude, most of these cryptocurrencies are clone projects. Yes. It's all cl- based on an open source project that you can go. <laughs> I'm, it's on GitHub, I'm pretty sure. You yeah, I go on GitHub, go you clone and, it, and you make your own crypto. Boom. I could literally go out and create a cryptocurrency like probably within 45 minutes. Reading the documentation, spinning it up, putting it somewhere. I've got a cryptocurrency of some type. So... The the exclusivity of a currency has been diluted. The, the, thus, in turn, the value. The value is basically speculation. You, you can't do that, as far as I'm concerned, except for like futures, right? In commodities, like I, I don't. So, or like you tip, said, shorting stocks, or shorting stocks, which should never be allowed to happen. No. Uh, I think the value of this stock is going to go down and I'd like to bet on that. Like it's literally gambling. 
I think Tesla should be the only stock that should be shorted. Uh, so. Yeah, but that has far less to do with the stock market and whether or not that's a good idea and much more to do with your personal grievances against Elon Musk, which I share a lot of. Trust me. Gosh, what a piece of shit. Elon, you're a piece of shit. I don't know if anybody's told you this today, but you're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're, you're one of the biggest pieces of shit on the planet. So, like, um, ultimately, who's who's been winning, right, here amongst the crypto players? Is it the... And users, is it the, the people who invested early? Is it the crypto exchanges, right? Like the companies that are basically facilitating all of these transactions along the way. Uh, the people that, in, the people that not invested early, but created early. Okay. Right. If you're, if you're basically, um, you're, you're cloning off of an original every time the people like Bitcoin has suffered, but it as a currency it's still the it's strongest still among the you know the cryptos right yeah it, uh, i think ethereum is holding its weight too so the earlier coins if they would have capped it off at like 20 or 30 right or a percentage of the 180 like global currencies that would have been great but like anything you end up with clones of clones of clones of clones all the way down the line and People who are looking for, well, which one's going to be the next Bitcoin, right? I, I don't want to invest in Bitcoin because it's not, I don't think I'm going to be able to, the shortcut isn't short enough for me. So right. I'm looking for where's the next shortcut. And it turns out those shortcuts lead you down a back alley where you get mugged and shot <laughs> <laughs> and left to die. <laughs> I, I, I just think that I, I don't want to. If somebody's trying to make more money, I'm going to try not to use the word wealth. So I think wealth is relative, right? Uh, in my opinion, I, it's not about me being wealthy. It's about me being able to do certain things in my personal life financially and to uh, like fund my dream. Now, that is not the typical thing. Oh, I want to have generational wealth, which is a phrase that's been overused to the point of, um, I, don't, I don't know what point, but enough to where I, when I hear it, I, I want to vomit. Yeah. Um, My goal no is to be on MTV Cribs. Okay, that's fine. I don't even think they yes. make that show anymore, so I'm going to have to build a time machine in order to achieve that. But no, not really. I don't. I'm, I'm with you in that, like, I think I've looked at it as like I want to be comfortable and and be able to have enough in savings and to be generating enough new money regularly that I don't worry about the normal amount of bills that I have to pay. You know that I'm not relying on a credit card to, you know, purchase things on a regular basis. That when I have up another synchrony account. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That when I have a you know a thousand or fifteen hundred dollar surprise bill all of a sudden, that I either have the money in savings, like basically that I can afford it. You know, um, I'd like to be able to travel a little bit, but that's a a huge part of that is budgeting. You know, like being able to budget properly and save enough money to be able to do that. It's not about I don't need a house that's got 15 bedrooms and 37 bathrooms, you know, like, right. 
now I got to pay somebody to clean all that stuff that I never use. <laughs> I know it's like you're you're amassing more expenses. So, I, and I I I, I want to be sensitive because I also think that um, I, I think when people say generational generational wealth, all your um, words, use all your words. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. You gotta start watching a few Leon Lush uh, videos because every now and then he has like he stumbles over his words and he has like a, a fit. I think it's hilarious. I, I don't think I'm there yet, but um, <laughs> we'll get there. in my mind. In my mind, I'm doing that. So Leon Lush, thank you for doing that. That's hilarious. Um, I, I think that people want to. I think they're trying to define their comfort level with money. I don't think it's generational wealth. I wish people would stop throwing that term out there because like I'm a firm believer that there have always been poor people and there will always continue to be poor people in our society. Yeah. And there will always be like people that have an excessive amount of like expendable cash. Mm-hmm. And I won't even call that wealth because you could lose that at any moment but it's it's for me it's expendable cash. So I don't want to project what I define as being like financially successful, and uh, in a general way that kind of comes off as what's the word? Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to use my perception. Like money is a tool, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, your stewardship of money is super important. And if you understand what that stewardship is of that resource, of that tool, you'll be fine. You're not having these stupid conversations. You're, you're not trying to, oh, I got to do this. Do you? Like, what is that going to benefit you? Um, and again, it goes back to lowering your expenses. You know, uh, I had somebody, I went to the grocery today, and somebody was trying to sell me Spectrum Internet. It's like $16 less a month. And I I told him, I said, you know, $16 is worth a headache. And I don't think he understood what I was saying. Right. And then I said, look, like when I use the Internet, I'm not like a consumer Internet user. I have servers that run in my house. I like having a dedicated IP address. There, there are things that I personally think the $16 is worth the headache, you know. Yeah. You can, t- you can tell me you're so much better all you want, but can you give me a dedicated IP? No, we can't. All right. You can save six. <laughs> Done right there. <laughs> <laughs> so so for 16 bucks a month, the only thing that's going to take AT&T off my list is going to be uh, Google Fiber. Right. And th- they're going to take AT&T off the list because they c- I can get two gigabits. Right. So because the service is ultimately better, even if you're paying more for it than what you're paying right. AT&T right now. And I had to tell him, say, look, I, I know you're saying 16 bucks and 16 bucks. I will spend 16 bucks just like walking out the door of my house. Yes. Like that is irrelevant to me. So now, if this was 1950. And they had, you know. High speed internet. Right. I, I would say the same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my my point being is like we have to understand people's level of comfort, people's uh, view and their their even their purview of like what their finances 
what their financial situation looks like. Yeah. Uh, and stop trying to, you know, stop trying to perpetuate the American dream. I just don't think it's realistic, to be honest with you. Uh, I'll be the first person to say not everybody needs to own a house. Nobody ever talks about the tertiary expenses of owning a home. Right. Never. Well, I mean, we did ever. here. Well, we did, yeah. But nobody else will. And that's why yeah. you come to the Chris and Andre shows for the truth. We're not, yeah, we're not chicken shit. Right. But but you see my point? Nobody ever says, you should probably put five or $7,000 a Away a, a year, and if you're Andre, it's probably like ten because that air conditioning unit on the second floor is going to break damn. down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my fucking existence is my air conditioning. <laughs> but you see my point? Yes, right? I, I mean, do. I mean, nobody, yes, as a as a guy that's been a homeowner, I mean, and I I think like there's right. Um, Full transparency. Andre and I are both homeowners. Like we both own the homes that we currently live in. And we say all of this because there are times where we probably wish we didn't own our house where there was, where we wish that we could call somebody and be like, yo, this thing's not working and you need to pay for it to fix it because I'm paying you monthly for me to be able to live here. So I live in um, 4D. There are a lot of real safety hazards in our loft. Nothing a little landlord couldn't fix. What do you say? No. But ultimately, I think it's more it, it's more a cost and benefit analysis that needs to be done as a for each individual as opposed to nope, every single person out there, your goal should be to own your own home or own an apartment or own a condo, whatever it is, you know? Like Right. I and mean, that's actually bullshit. Like you don't yeah. want to there's sometimes you're like, no. For for an extra ten k a year, like maybe that is my number. I don't know. Like now it's like stuck in my head. Maybe I need to up my number. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you were just talking about with Spectrum, right? Where it's like it's worth the sixteen dollars a month for you not to deal with these headaches and these problems, and to have the benefit of a dedicated IP address for your internet. For some people, it's worth the lack of equity. It's worth you know the few extra bucks, not few, but maybe a couple hundred extra bucks that you have to pay in rent versus a mortgage, if that even ends up being the case, for you to not have to deal with these headaches. Like that's a perfectly reasonable outcome to reach. And right. I still just think that there is this, you know, underlying perception of homeownership versus rentership that is a huge falsehood in this country and probably throughout the world. And I don't think that it's exclusive here to I, the United I think States. We but... probably, I think we own that one. I, I or do we rent country. it? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think we own that one. I, and, I, and I don't want to, you know, um, I, I, I think crypto is a, a sign of what we're chasing as a country. I think what people are, whether it's what's, you know, presented to them, whether it's what's uh, sold to them, however you want to put that. Yeah. Is it realistic? Probably not. Um, is it okay that maybe we need, we don't need like home ownership for everybody, but maybe we just need more affordable housing, right? Th that could be a, uh, a, a better conversation. 
Um, but contractors have to max out what they can get in return on each single property that they build. So they build the most expensive freaking piece of crap that they can for as dude. cheap as they can. So full disclosure, I'm doing a remodel and uh, my contractor, God bless him. He made a mistake. He let me see under my, like behind oh, my no. walls. I was like, what the actual fuck? That is a terrifying a, thing as a homeowner. Yeah. Well, it's even worse as a person that used to be a framing carpenter yep. and a realtor. Yeah. I was like, what the actual fuck was somebody thinking? Like, there are a couple of things where I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to go into that particular room because I'm just going to get fucking pissed because my walls are bare. And I'm like, God damn it, you know? So and I'm not like your average consumer or like homeowner. Right. I've actually swung a hammer. I've actually sold home. So I take that shit really personal. And there should be more accountability on builders, right? Um, it was pretty disappointing. I was kind of like, God damn it. I was pissed. I'm going to send him a clip of this because, like, <laughs> even now, I'm just like, when I think about it, I'm like, fuck, man. So, like, full disclosure, but even, like, real real time, I, before we started recording, I, uh, we're, we're doing our master uh, bathroom. And uh, I was, like, looking at the shit that he fixed, and I was getting pissed. Right. I was getting angry of the fact that, like, how the fuck do they get away with this? Now you're talking about the people who built the house originally, right? Yeah, originally. Yeah. Not yeah. your current contractor. Just not not my about. current contractor. Yeah. He's he's great. Uh, the people that built this originally, they eat all the bags of dicks. Do you know what one um, of my absolute favorite all-time, I think we've talked about this before, but one of my favorite renovation shows uh, ever on TV was like anything to do with Mike Holmes? Not familiar. Not familiar. Okay, so he's from uh, Canada. Um, it's an upstanding <laughs> Canadian, but he basically, he had this thing. We're going to make it right. You know, no matter what they would go in and they would find people who oh, were yeah. in these like horrible situations. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You uh, know, they'd had yeah. a contractor come in and do work. And most of the time they had either messed it up horribly and, you know, left it as it was, or they left like mid project. And these people are like living in a construction zone and he would come in and like out of his own pocket most of the time pay to fix a lot of this stuff and then over time obviously the show and like discovery channel and them started like funding some of these projects but he was constantly coming in and being like all right let's rip everything down i gotta see what this all looks like and understand why this is the way that it is and every single time he'd be like okay yep never should have taken this section out here this is why the ceiling is sagging is because this was a load-bearing post that they decided they were just going to take out to create an open concept you know things like that things where people had an idea and they said oh i want this and a contractor comes in and's like oh yeah we can do that and they cut something and then they slap some plaster on it and then they're out the door and six months later you know their bathroom is falling into their living room yeah that would piss that, that would be like anxiety for me um, anyways, yeah, yeah, not to get huh. off on a home renovation tangent there, but no, I, no, I, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's part of what we do here. We, we talk and these are things that we've probably like hanging out. Like I'm going to go visit Chris, uh, 
the weekend after next. I'm excited. Me too. Um, we'll probably like sit around and if, if we, we should probably do like a, no, we probably shouldn't do that. Cause I think our wives would be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like I take all that back. I'm just still visit, but I'm not going to, I don't think we should record anything yeah. live. Um, we could, but it's a terrible idea. Um, I, I'm, I, I think generally I am just kind of, uh, I'm concerned for our country. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Whether you look at our political state, our economic state, let me go, let me go backwards. Social state, political state, uh, financial state, and then our economic state. Um, uh, let me add one more. Our global, <laughs> our, our global state in between one of the, one of the first two or first three. Um, we have, as a country, we've we've lost our way, and it's it's the I don't I don't have the right word for it. It's concerning, basically, um, and I don't think we have the leadership to to kind of uh, to to pull it back together, or the leaders that could be helping don't have. I hate the word platform. Uh, they're not speaking enough. Yeah. They're not being consistent enough. And that should make every person that lives in the States pause. I actually spoke to somebody uh, today from Poland. And what's interesting was that I, I'm not sure if you've been aware of this or paid attention. I've stopped calling this the America. I've been saying the States. The reason being is because when I was when I lived in Europe, they never called it America because I think we're the only country that actually says North we're South a whole America. Continent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I've referred to us as our, our our global name, the states, and I think the states has a I wouldn't say existential problem. I think we have we're having an identity crisis. Yeah. And. Um, that's concerning because if you have an identity crisis, that means that your 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 character is in question. And I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist or anything like that, but what I understand about the human psyche is that people are very open to feedback and even criticism as long as it's not a personal attack of your of your character. When people have personal attacks of their character, they tend to over course correct. And if we look at the last 18 months, I, I wish there was a montage <laughs> of like the the course corrections that we've made that are just like, whoa, that's terrible. Yeah. But you can start with uh, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, January 6th. I mean, you could just, you know, marches everywhere. You can look at... Uh, uh, you know, the whole shootings. MAGA movement, in a lot of ways, was a course correction from President Obama. Yeah. I mean, that's basically Fucking. where I think we are in a lot of ways. Is It's like we don't ever tack down the middle where the majority of people are. We're constantly bouncing off of the guardrails left and right to try and appease the outer extremities. And along the way, we kind of cross that middle line 
and the majority of us feel like, okay, we're heading in the right direction, but then we get way off track again, and we're like, oh, no, we got a course correct, and so we vote the other way. Not that, like, we're constantly switching, but you know what I mean? Like, I think there, there's something to that in that we're not we're not steering a course for where we want to be in the future. It's more like, where do we want to be right now? And then we try to retroact, like, you know, we try to plan for where we want to be right now. And then we grossly overestimate how much it is. And then we just end up doing like a donut in the middle of the street for a while, which is where we are right now. Crypto is a symptom. I think the, uh, the IRA act, or they should change that. Um, Inflation Reduction Act. Mm-hmm. I don't think they thought about that too well. Uh, the what the acronym would be, um, but anyway, I digress. Um, I, as soon as I said IRA, I'm like, why? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? Thanks, Joe Manchin. Yeah. Um, I think that's a that's another symptom. Right. But was Joe Manchin right? Was he saying seven hundred and four billion is the right spin that I can support that helps us to get some of the same things that we wanted that proves my point that Democrats cannot govern? Um I don't know. I still don't like the guy. Uh, yeah. but was he right? Um look at uh Liz Cheney, right? Sure, she was gonna lose her seat. But what happens to the... I was actually thinking about this uh, this morning. I'm still pretty much a conservative. Like, like I'm not liberal by any means in general, except for social issues. I'm still fiscally conservative. Yeah. I don't play games like a Joe Manchin, but I'm still like, yeah, what's the benefit of this? Um, and I think that that's, we've talked about it before that, you know, it's not necessarily your age that, that informs where you are in terms of those things. I think it's more your experience. Right. And I think there's a lot to that because I find myself as I have more experience becoming more financially conservative, fiscally conservative. Um, in the way that I wish our government would kind of moderate itself. I think when you're younger, part of the problem is you look and say, well, you spend this much on X. Why can't we spend half that much on Y? And it's a, I think a lot of the times it's like, it's, it's an apples to oranges comparison. Maybe there's some truth to it. You know, but it's not something where it goes, well, we're making mistakes over here. So why shouldn't we make the same mistakes over over in this area? Right. Like, that's not a good way for us to look at this. But I think short of enough experience of kind of looking at things and seeing what that over that course correction um, that oversteer ultimately results in. It's hard for you to understand. It was hard for me to understand that that was not the best solution. You know, it's like we've talked about it with ever since president Biden was elected, where it's like, get something done, you know, instead of saying our end goal is to wipe out all student loan debt and Medicare for all and abortion rights for all and all this other stuff, like find the little wins, like start somewhere and build 
towards what you want. Maybe you don't achieve it all in four years. Maybe you don't achieve it all in eight. But you get us moving in the right direction and at a point where it's easier for us as a society to pivot and turn back if we need to, as opposed to, no, we're making a hard 90-degree turn. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's my take on it. You know, I think... Uh, Well, you're not wrong. I I, I just think that... I, I don't think Ukraine is worth $40 billion. Well... No, but here. No, 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 no. uh, I'm sorry. My well was. Yeah, I'm. I am 100% with you on that. Like, and what good do all the flat did all the flags do? All the bumper stickers, right? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. What? How much do we hear about Ukraine these days? Uh, Unless all I hear about is Mar-a-Lago. Well, yeah, I was gonna say unless Russia is actively like bombing a nuclear power plant. Uh, Even then, it's like literally a footnote because it's something they've already done multiple times. Yeah, I'm I'm good on the forty billion. But that's also Um, where our our news media recognizes that we have most of us, not all of us, have the attention span of a goldfish. (laughs) That's fair, you know. And so it's like, oh my god, Ukraine, Russia. Guys, what are we going to do? And the government's like, $40 billion. And we're like, yeah, we did it. And then Russia's like, no, we're still going to take it. And we're like, fuck you, Russia. Give us back our women's basketball player that you already kind of had. But she wasn't in jail. And then everybody's like, wait, what was going on in that country that started with you? Is it Yugoslavia? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about Brittany Griner, but. Jeez, she already got nine and a half years, but I'm sorry. I just I'm love like a- that, uh, not to go like all in on it either, but I love that everybody was like, well, we all know that this was a, um, like basically an, a, a, an illegitimate process that was gone through. And I'm like, okay, the only reason you're saying that's illegitimate is because it's happening in Russia. I'm not saying <laughs> that it is legitimate. I'm not saying it's the way that we do things in this country. But if that's how they do it in Russia, and they're in Russia, what on earth makes you think that you have the right to tell them that what they're doing is somehow illegitimate? Like, I'm sorry. It's it's the same thing where people are like, it was just a weed pen. It was just some CBD. Did you bring something into the country you weren't supposed to? Yes. Were you found? Were you caught with it? Yes. Are you ultimately paying the penalty for it? Yes. Does your celebrity, the fact that you are a well-known, you know, women's basketball player from the United States, play some role into this? Yes, in that it's getting publicity. If you were just some Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo, nobody would even know that this happened. Nobody would care. Exactly. And I, 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 I mean, she's going to be the sacrificial lamb. Um, well, but let's release wh- some like m- some huge arms dealer, you know, from that's a that's a captive here in the U.S. in exchange for our women's basketball player who doesn't actually play basketball here. Not that that ultimately matters. Like, I guess she's a U.S. citizen, but well, she does play basketball here. I thought she only played in Russia now, but no, she still plays basketball here. She got a a, a six man on the All Star game or oh. six person oh, good for her so she does play here i i you know i will go to my original point <laughs> i travel 
a lot. I traveled a lot in the past and I knew what I could pack in my bag and what I couldn't pack in my bag. Number one, number two, stop going to hostile countries. Like just stop. <laughs> like I don't know what, like you can't tell me like, well, I got to make more money. Well, do you have to make more money? Like, can you figure that out? Like, stateside or in a place that's not so anti-american right right so i'm just it's like mexico like clowning us right now stop coming to mexico city we don't want you here and they're an out they're well not an ally but they're friendly towards us friendly i saw a um I saw a person that's in this from the states. I think he's a marine who's in Japan. Drunk driving, killed two people, paid a million dollars to uh, accommodate the family for their loss. Mm-hmm. And he's got like three years, and people want to get him out of jail now because he paid the million dollars. Like no, if you did that in the states, no. That that's no, a ridiculous story. I've never. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I hadn't heard about that. That's yeah. It, it's it's not even funny, but it's it's like our our, our arrogance as a country. Like we like, are you saying that because we're the United States that we don't have to abide by other countries' rules? Well, we're the best, and we have the best rules, and therefore only our rules should count. Yeah, we're a joke. We let our former president stage a coup. Take classified. Doc- I'm not going to get on Merrick Garland. I think he's he's probably going to pull. He's, <laughs> he's like, actually he's, finally doing something <laughs> yeah, publicly. He's like low key. He's like low key a gangster. I ain't going to mess with him. That I press conference that was he, pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he was going to come out like that. I was like, yo, please don't forget, he's the one that prosecuted Timothy Mc, McVeigh. Yeah. Like, and there was no chance of appeal for dude. So, low key, Merrick Garland, you do your thing, dog. Um. I say all that to say this. Crypto is a symptom of our our bigger problems as a country. Not that it's the be all that ends all, but it's it's we have to get our focus back. I, th- I think that yes, we peaked in high school. We might be like uh, hitting a, 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 a mid age crisis right now, where we're just like trying to buy a sports car. Um, we got to get it back in check. I mean. We're we're so arrogant as a country. We talk about climate change and the the basin like that's having this big drought that's gonna affect Arizona, Nevada, and some other places. Yeah. Like in, in California to another place that's always on fire. They don't even wanna like step up and, and do something different. But they're going to wait till 2053 until they're like in the butt crack of hell on fire in a drought and see what happens next. There, there's a, we got to stop as a country with this, you know, ignoring the say I won't moments and we have to be better. I know that's an overused term, but we're just lazy. Like we're a lazy country, man. We're fucking lazy. We love a shortcut. Ultimately. And that's not yep. like that. Ha- I don't know that that's always been the case. You know, like there have been plenty of examples of this country stepping up and doing things 
But right now, I think we we wholeheartedly find ourselves in a say say I won't moment, and I don't know that we have the intestinal fortitude as a whole country to climb our way out of the hole that we've dug. I think yeah. there are far too many people who are either a plenty happy to dig the hole deeper and hope that we find something at the bottom of it. <laughs> gold right uh or b that are willing to just sit and be like well there's i mean what good does it do you know what good you want to hear the argument that i'm I'm pissed off about the most yeah if you don't like the country leave bitch i like the country change right that's the stupidest argument by the way you're like the person with diabetes telling me you like and i'm like yo you should probably put that cake down I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. If you have type 2 diabetes like I have, you're confronted with choices. You can choose to feel sorry for yourself. Hi, I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I've had diabetes for about 20 years. You don't have to eat that cake that's going to kill you. My mother, for real, no shit. Mom, I love you. I know you're not listening. (laughs) I, I, I took her to a physical one time, and my mom's got diabetes. And her doctor asked her if she has been drinking Coke, right? You know what my mom said? She said no. And I was like, you're a liar. <laughs> when I picked you up, what did you have in your kitchen? She had a Coke ready to go. It was The cap was off, yep. and that joint was like halfway full. I'm like, no. Like, you, you can't do that. Like that. I want you to live. Like, I don't want you like to, you know, let the diabetes... Gosh, and we need a wolf for Brimley. Oh, we will. Trust me. We will have a diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Um, I, I want you to live. I don't want you to, like, you know, get taken out by the sugar. Um, so it just pisses me off. And this is that's where our country is. Our country is not okay. And the people that are saying, hey, please back away from the ledge are ignored. You know, um, and I'm not, you can't tell me to leave the country. I don't want to leave the country. This is shit. Just like your dumbass wants to defend your right to carry arms because the government's going to come and take my guns. You fucking idiots. I mean, if you're yeah, so stupid I mean, I, that you think the government couldn't come take your guns right now if they wanted to, you probably don't need to have guns in the first place. I don't want to talk about the second amendment. Because no, I don't like... either. But I hear exactly what you're saying that like, it's this, I, I have struggled with this where I want to love my country, you know, like I love what America could be, Sorry, right. what the States could be. I love what the ideals that we have striven for, strived for, striven, striven, <laughs> all the words. All the words. Um, just going to throw them all out there and we'll see which one sticks. I love those ideals, you know, that we have strived for from time to time. And I want us to be the greatest country that we possibly can be. For us, not for the whole world. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's, it's you know, and that's not a level of, of nationalism. That's not saying fuck the rest of the world. The only people that matter no. are those that are here. But it's it's saying that our laws don't extend beyond our borders. You know, like what should extend beyond our borders is our 
our charity example our example our gratitude you know like the the idea that we are not in this alone you know that we as a country cannot survive if the rest of the world goes to shit that that is not ultimately a world that we will want to live in and think of think of the states our our example like like thanksgiving dinner right i'm with you you can't have everybody on some bullshit at Thanksgiving dinner. Like you just can't. You have we all have that one uncle. We may have two aunts that are just like they're 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 just bugged out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You want them to. You have a couple cousins where you're like, yo, I just wish you would get his shit together. Sure. That's how like when you look at this global community, whether you want to or not, you have to. And you want to make sure that everybody at the table, number one, they deserve to be there because they're your family. Number two, that you give people a little bit of grace to grow. You help them to grow. Some people you're going to shun. I, I don't. There's some yeah. meals I don't get it. I don't get invited to because I people keep asking me what I think about shit. But what you and don't okay. typically do is uninstall the democratically elected uncle and replace him with some dictator bullshit because he's going to buy more weapons from you. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. He's going to open up, you know, trade routes that you want open. Look at you, CIA. Or look at... Yeah. I just want to say this about the Ukraine. Yeah. Wasn't it just a few years ago we were talking about how corrupt the Ukraine was? Yeah, and I mean, granted, there... No. Well, um, no, because that was under a different leadership. But they were corrupt. Yes, they like, were. Even even the UN called them corrupt. I'm just saying. Yes. I, I, so, but then they elected an actor who used to play president on TV. And we gave him $40 billion. We're also going to, uh, I heard... Jack Bauer uh, is going to be running for <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland is going to be president of the United States next. How can we? How can we? Like seriously, and this goes to Republicans and Democrats. How can we just? How can we justify? I'm not, all right. Let me say this: I don't want there to be a war in Ukraine. Period. Yeah. But how can we justify? A bipartisan decision to give Ukraine forty billion dollars. I don't know. I'm with you on that. I am. I am at a loss for where. You know, it's like with the. Um, I, but I'm not on sorry, some bullshit of, of of no. I'm not just saying oh because no. I'm saying like no re- reasonably. What are our options? With Ukraine, that's all I'm. That's all yeah. I'm asking. If somebody can answer that question for me, I would love to hear it. Because to, to write a check and all the things that we've supported that country with of forty billion dollars, yep, it's kind of an insult to a lot of the arguments we've had about how we fix things in, in the states. Yes, we don't have the money for that. Where's the money going to come from? Right? How are we possibly going to pay for that? Oh, but we can build a border wall or like, what, 13 miles of it or something like that? That was like 12 and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, 
we can we can have record profits for companies during the during uh, the COVID. You know. Yo, but what about Chris, Kirsten Kristen Cinema and her bullshit with a carryover tax? God damn Arizona! I hope you do fucking burn up by twenty fifty three, you piece <laughs> of shit. Oh. Take all that shit back. Hope you do have a big fucking drought, you piece of shit fucking state. We're gonna literally wall off your rivers so you guys don't get access to them anymore. You have to Yo, the fucking own. tax code in this country is so fucked up, and this and this chick and her fucking fake ass foot on her bullshit. Oh, I'll sign the bill if we we don't have the carryover tax. Yep. The fuck out of here. No, I mean, and that's that is how our country is run, right? It's all run with earmarks and favors and other bullshit like that, where it's not even done for the states and the people who live in them anymore, which I think is how it all kind of was originally designed around. Like, oh, I'm going to do this thing to benefit the people in my state because, A, I want to get reelected, and, B, I want to help out the people in my state. No, now it's like literally what is going to line the pockets of me and my donors so that I can ultimately, whether or not I get reelected, like I'm just cashing out now. That chick should get primary just for GP. And if you don't know what GP is, it means you're probably not black. GP is a term that means general purpose. There are times I would get a GP ass whooping just in case I was going to do something wrong. Just in case. That day. Yeah. Just in case. That's how you know so that we, I'm white as fuck. Cause I never had that. Yeah, we should definitely like. I don't know who's in Arizona, but you should fucking primary her. Not saying no, the Democrats because the, the DNC out. is would rather invest their hard earned money, and I I, I put that God, lightly. Please don't in um, Trump acolytes because they think that they will be easier to defeat in the general, in the general. election. All right, so if we do okay, see a no, red no, wave no, of any no, kind... I swear to God, everybody that's against that, sh- shut the fuck up. Seriously. Here's why. The GOP has been playing with a fucking butcher knife, and we've had a plastic butter knife. Like, are anybody... Wait, so are you, are, are you in favor of the DNC financially? Let me, let me correct something. I am not a Democrat. I'm an independent. Right. But I do say... Yo, if they're bringing a butcher knife and they're slashing you all the fucking time, please get a baseball bat. Please get something to defend yourself. I, no, I, I mean, I I'm understand not, that. I'm but not what co-signing. I, what I don't I'm understand is how, how handing your opposition more butcher knives in the fight is potentially a good idea. Like, I'm just saying, in the, in the end, if... Because I personally believe the GOP as a party, they are quickening the death of the GOP. And I've said this, you, you could probably fact check me, but I've said this countless times again. The GOP has got a limited lifespan. But I also think that that assumes that the rest of us are going to survive the ridiculousness of the GOP should they win elections here in the near future. But you say we... And I'm just saying that there are individuals who might not because of some of the crap that's that's going to come down the pipeline. If these people that are being essentially supported by the DNC in their primary campaigns against more, I'm sorry, less extremist, less Trump acolytist candidates. I'm not saying they're good candidates, but I'm just saying, like, 
if I were if I were donating to the DNC, I would want my money going to Democratic candidates that I support, that I would vote for, and not towards GOP candidates that I think are going to yeah. be easier to defeat. Because God forbid, I mean, they fucking did that with Donald Trump, didn't they? They basically looked at that yeah. and were like, "Fucking Hillary against Trump." That's an easy slam dunk win. And look what that fucking got us. Four years and an yeah, insurrection. But, but to be fair, like the GOP is on some gangster shit right now. They are. And, I'm not saying they and are. And Democrats are on some pansy, like, let's stand on our moral high ground, which they have none. So then do what the GOP does and support independent candidates that are going to siphon off votes from the RNC, as opposed to supporting GOP endorsed candidates, essentially. But that's a, that's a, that's a, to assume that independents vote for Democrats. I don't always vote for Democrats. Right. I'm I'm just saying that the GOP has a history of throwing candidates into races with the idea of siphoning votes off of the DN uh, off of the Democrat candidate. Right. Right. Play that game. As opposed to putting somebody where ultimately that independent is not going to get elected, right? But the goal is that they're going to take enough votes away that your candidate can win. Sure. But this is their first at bat. This is the first time they've actually decided to adjust their game plan. You know what they should do is they should just invest all their cryptocurrency into these candidates. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to try to find some way to like bring it back to our actual conversation. No, it's okay. I mean, I mean, but it's it's all connected. Like it is. Kevin Feige says, I, I think that I commend them for like seriously, anti or contradiction. My contradiction to the pundits who would state otherwise. I think it's a good sign of life from the Democrats. They're willing to play the games the GOP plays. Sure. Because now I'm not sure how it's going to go. It's their first at bat. Right. Right, they're probably going to strike out. I, but I do believe the GOP is on its last. It's yeah. It's it's like it's on the federal gasping. level where they don't have gerrymandering at their in their favor. Right. Yes, I I am with you in that. I think it's only a matter of time before the GOP essentially like there is nothing left of it because nobody's willing to vote for those candidates at the federal level because what they all my question, the question I have is like, what does it look like? And this is where like, like my theory falls apart. What does it look like when you have a bunch of federal versus state like conflict? And I don't know the answer to that. Well, with the current makeup of the Supreme court that we have, it falls in favors of the states. I don't think that's true, because the IRA. Gosh, please, fucking Democrats, change the Irish name of that Republican bill. Army. Yeah, individual God retirement <laughs> account. The first thing I thought of was the Irish Republican Army. Yeah, Republic Army. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, states. Well, the Supreme Court favoring states over federal. Oh, so the IRA is like repeal proof. I do believe that you can write laws that basically are airtight. Now, so that probably gives me like a 20% chance of like believing this strategy could work Mm -hmm. with like federal versus state. 
the the problem is you kind of take it away from a two party system and yes that is ultimately up, dangerous down the road yeah and so like it's a gamble so but I don't necessarily hate it as long as the as I believe the country can still level itself out sure. does that mean that we we, we start to see uh, these red state legislations like diminish I don't know. But I'm saying for a first at bat, it's a good gamble. Like I would, I would make the same play. No, well, I mean that's fine. Like I, I, you know, you're my best friend, so I'm not going to hate you for that. Um, Here, I'll give you an example. There, there would be times where people would come to work late, right? And you'd fire them. They're fired. There you go, sister. And I would skip. I would fight. Well, I, <laughs> that's what I used to do. Then, then there was one time I was at one location where it was literally just me. And you were just glad that somebody showed up. <laughs> Dude, I had to call people, like uh, other like people to help me to run the store. It was a terrible idea. So I learned, okay, maybe everything is not a nail. <laughs> so right. like stop stop being a hammer. And I learned how to be Hammer, like, don't hurt him. Yeah, I learned how to uh, get my point across and get the same objective with uh, more 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 tact. More finesse. Because I didn't have that. Yeah. So I I don't. So I inherently don't hate the idea. I I worry about their execution. I, there's a lot of things where you, you can actually get the same. Like this is one of those where I'm like, yeah, that's you, you got to see. You got to test the water out. See what happens. The problem that most people won't talk about, most media outlets, most anybody that talks about politics, is that the the states has a racism problem. No. That's it. Yep. That's that's the issue. That's not true. We can't, I'm not we racist, cannot, so the whole country must I, well, not be racist. We can't acknowledge the fact that we as a country, and I'm, you may not have individually voted for Trump. You're damn right I didn't. But we live in a society where we can vote for somebody that's a, a racist, misogynist, uh, criminal. Yeah. Blah, you, the whole Just gambit. Just name it. it. He's done it all. He's probably done a little bit of it. And we did it like once and then more people voted for him in 2020. Yeah. So. Which explains why gonna- the election was obviously stolen. Because there's no way that a sitting president can get more votes the second time and lose an election. That just doesn't happen. No. Motherfucker, you can because <laughs> oh, people wait, are like, yeah, wait, oh. wait. You're telling me that people learned their lesson from twenty sixteen and were like, oh, they were shit. Like, oh shit. I may not love this candidate, but it is not I am not signing up for another four years of this crap. Yeah, it's like you got motherfuckers like the fuck out of here. This guy is over some bullshit, yo. Cabs are I mean, here. So- Cabs are here, bro. Cabs are here. Cabs are here. Cabs are here. The Cabs are here. 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 Cabs are here.
bitch say I won't. Yeah. They're like, they're, people were calling people to call people to call people. Just like, I'll tell you better go vote. I mean, we were in the middle I mean, of a fucking pandemic and I got my, my online uh, or my mail-in ballot to vote, but I took it in in person to deliver it because there was no way in hell I was going to leave Louis DeJoy and the fucking USPS to decide whether or not my vote got counted on time. Like, Yo, me too, B. Like, I waited for like an hour and 30 minutes Exactly. I was like, yo, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't vote for Trump or uh, Hillary because both of them can eat all the bags yeah. of dicks. And I don't think Hillary swings like, that way, but... I, I won't even... I almost made a joke about your girl, but I saw her do an interview. My girl. And, well, you know, that's a... Well, you know what I mean. You know, Shorty hanging out with... with I'm, I didn't want to bring her name up because she's like mad cool. And she got I don't even know who you're talking about right now. Monica Lewinsky, motherfucker. My girl is Monica Lewinsky? You realize I wasn't old enough to vote for Bill Clinton either time, right? Like, I voted yes. for twice. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That's my fault. I voted for Bush the but, second time. I wasn't old enough to vote for him the first time. I didn't, you know why I didn't vote for Bush? Because he seemed sneaky. Well, he like, was. Straight up. I mean, it wasn't and, even just him. It was everybody around him. Like, I think like that's the problem with Bush is that like inherently, I don't think that George W. Bush is a bad guy, but I don't think that he had a good read <laughs> on the people that were around him. You all right there? <coughs> no. Iraq? Yo, dude was clowning, yo. He was straight clowning. Like, well, okay, yes, that was very much a I want my daddy to be proud of me moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'd be lying if I said, like, you know, you, you straight up played yourself on that one. But anyway. Um, <laughs> hold on. I'm sorry. You're good. I guess where this ultimately kind of leads us in terms of, like, coming back to our crypto conversation a little bit is oh, we can split this show into two episodes. This could be like I don't know how the fuck Chris we're gonna do that, but that's it's called the big rant know. because we never know where we're gonna go. Like that's true. It's tangent, right? We, yeah, we get off on a tangent because ultimately these things are inherently related in a sense. It just you got maybe you have to do a little bit of like focusing to kind of see it all. Um, we've seen what's happened with crypto now and the market basically tanking because of inflation, because of the, you know, mellowing out of the post-COVID economic period here in the U.S. Um, I just don't think that there's enough. I think that there are people out there who look at it as like, well, this is the time to invest in crypto. You know, I think here's here's my uh, y'all a bunch of fucking suckers. That's kind of what I think. (laughs) I'm not going to say it out loud. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to think it. Um, I'm here to say it. Here's what I think. I think our next episode should be about how to get your money right. We should talk about like how do you get your money right so you're not so easily persuaded to these traps. And I, I can... <clears throat> I like it. That's. I mean, that's the title of an episode right there. How to get your Perfect. money right. Yeah. And I will I will do some homework and some legwork to talk about like some practical things you can do to get your money right. 
So you're not falling into this bullshit. And I can be the example of what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll just I'll bring up my bank account, I'll bring up my mortgage statement, my taxes, everything. Like here's my social security number. Here's Our next episode, that's, we're going to put that on our right toe. No, I like um, that, though. That's that's good. I mean, we talked about doing like a money, fina- basic financial literacy course with Chris and Andre, taught by Andre, studied by Chris, um, <laughs> on a previous episode. And so I, I think that that's a good, a, a good idea. And yeah, because I think you're absolutely right that ultimately, I mean, look, if you got $500 in a bank account, and that's all you have. Do not put that money into crypto, right? But if you got yeah, it's a terrible idea. Five hundred thousand dollars in a bank account. Go fuck around. Let's fuck around. Money. You want to spend five hundred five grand on crypto and see where it goes? Like that's totally fine. The problem I think we where we find ourselves now is the people who took everything that was in their four hundred one k or in their IRA or in any sort of retirement account that they had and dumped it into crypto thinking like this is going to triple quadruple my money overnight and i'm going to cash out well you waited too fucking long to cash out and now you're left holding the bag and you got nothing so like what do you what do you do yeah. in that case right but that's that's where i think you're right like that how to get your money right that prevents that kind of stuff from ultimately happening if we can get enough people on on the on that same page yeah, and it's 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 more or less like look, nobody's saying don't pursue your dreams. I would never say that to anybody. I'd say it all the but time to my kid. Like that's a stupid you'll fucking never, dream. Yeah. You'll never okay. achieve that. You want to go to school? Huh. Beg me for it. Education is very important to me. That makes me happy. It's something we agree on. I really want my kids to beg for it. What? Because if you force a kid into school, he's going to hate it. Oh, if no. you make a kid work and sit in the yard and grind and grind and grind. What? Good Lord. You want to be a dancer? <laughs> I'm going to break your legs. <laughs> yeah. I'll make you appreciate we- dancing once they grow back and your bones set. You can't appreciate Jeez. it if you don't Stop have the it. pain. You're being stupid as fuck right now. <laughs> um, I, I think the issue is like... Um, it's not about living within your means. It's about understanding your limits, right? I know that's semantics. Yeah. Like no limit, hold them. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, this is the part of the podcast where Chris just says anything that comes to mind. <laughs> and, and Andre like loses all of his fucking hair. <laughs> I need to get a haircut. But aside from that, uh, my point being is like, I, I, it's not about living beyond your means. It's about understanding your limits and understanding that like you, you, we've all heard time value of money, right? How we apply that, I would say is fundamentally wrong, right? Um, Spencer Cornelia, he, he's a YouTuber. I watch his, his joints too. Uh, so we got to give a shout out to Leon Lush, Spencer Cornelia, because I'm, I'm throwing your names out there. Great stuff. Um, but I also think that practically, like Spencer financially and, and what he does and how he exposes people is dope. But that's great when you're like on that journey. But how do you get on that journey? And I'm going to give you like the like how I envision what the next episode should be. Parents, divorce, you know, you know, seen some rough times. I've drank sugar water, you know, 
I lived in the PJs at one point in my life. I've seen some pretty bad things. There are things you can do right now, seriously, to get your money right and you're not concerned about like, you know, paying your bills. A teaser is I pay all my bills automatically every month in my through my bank or through whatever website. What's that like? And it, it's it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing to be like not worried about like how much something's going to cost. Yeah. So, but I'm out here. I, I don't drive like a you know. You know, oh, I'm not out here balling. Stop it. You have a very I, nice I do car. Have, I do have a nice car. But that's not the point. <laughs> my, my point, like, it, it's how do you do those things in a practical way? Yeah. And how do you take two years to get to that point? Yeah. Or 18 months or whatever it may be for or you. Or 46. So that's not the point. <laughs> if. It's not the, <laughs> <laughs> now you're just trying to like eight like um, <laughs> now you're just trying to like uh, like be mean. Well, I gave my aid like, out earlier, so I had to. So here, but to be fair, there have been multiple times in my adult life where I I've not stressed about money, like multiple times. Yeah. Um, most recently, a few. Most recently, of those times after being divorced. So, that because that's a financial slog in your life. So Ooh, don't ever do that. Okay. But so it's not about age. It's about like what's my kids. Yeah. Right. They're doing fine, and I don't tell them what to do with their cash. I tell them, I give them best bets. Like, hey, probably wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah. Like, Probably. Don't bet on the Chargers. Bet on the Broncos because they're going to win it all this year. Hell yeah, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so excited. So excited. About to get a Russell Wilson jersey on this bitch. Oh, that's, been in my, that's been in my shopping cart for a hot minute. And I'm like, oh, I got to I gotta wait. I got to wait and see how the first few games go. No, we got to wait till October. Denver is an October team. Yeah. But anyway, Bro, I'm glad I got to talk to you. Yeah, it's man. two weeks in a row. It's um, it's 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 amazing. I am it's, so it's looking amazing. forward to next weekend. You have no idea. Yeah, me too. I was like, yeah, calendar. Like, yeah, that's that is next weekend. I'm super gonna be down there. <laughs> uh, my remodel is coming along great. Um, so if you've watched our video, you'll notice that my stuff is not there. Oh God! And some guy said, "Oh, that's very static of you." I'm like, nope. I just haven't had a chance to, you know, up my decorations right now. Some guy was that Joe? <laughs> that was Joe. Like I was, I was kind of frustrated by that um, a little bit. But <laughs> oh, sorry. We're gonna get right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we'll get there. It, it takes time. I've, yeah. So it's just a matter of like, oh, every like everything is great. My lighting looks looks and feels better, <laughs> but. Um, the house has come on great. Chris, I miss you. I miss the fam. And I, I got a new little buddy down there, so I'm super excited to get down there. Yep. Um, my little buddy is my number one little buddy, so she, as long as she knows that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Please, uh, 
We're on the socials. We're on Facebook and the Twitters. I've been hanging out on Twitter. Got something. I manage the Facebook and the Instagram. So yeah, you can find us at Chris and Andre if you just search us on the on the socials. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, you can just search us for Chris and Andre. We have our own website, ChrisandAndreShow dot com. Super excited about um, upping and amping our, uh, our our content there. I'm going to do some more technical writing. I've been, I've actually waited to get my office right because I love my laptop, but there's something about my setup that I need to have happen. So uh, I'm working on that. Um, you can find us if you're listening to us on the audio version. We are now hosting on Fireside.fm. It's dope. It's bananas. If you're if you're doing a podcast or interested in doing a podcast, I would recommend. Riverside for video and Fireside for uh, audio. Yep. There are two very good platforms. I'm not paid to say that. I just think they're great. Uh, we don't get paid to comments, say anything on here, in fact. If we no, ever actually, endorse anything or anybody, it's because we legitimately like them. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Rock is my daily driver for the day. L- last week it was Yingling Modelo. Modelo. What's up? You can always send us comments if you have any show ideas, uh, want to give us some feedback, good, bad, indifferent, yeah. at comments at chrisandandreshow.com. You can always send me something to, you know, hey, Andre, you're great. Shave your beard, trim it up, at andre at chrisandandreshow.com. You can reach me and at chris at chrisandandreshow.com, but you don't have to tell me to shave my beard because it looks fantastic right now. I'm just saying, I trimmed it the other yeah. day, and I was like, I looked in the mirror the next day, and I was like, oh, that's why I used to do that all the time. It was getting all scraggly and like out of control there for a while. I want to send a special shout out to uh, Ebra in the morning. Yo, your whitish Wednesday this week was bananas. That was great. That was wonderful. Two thumbs up. Definitely two uh, thumbs up. We might send a clip to you guys and, and put you on the socials because the whitish Wednesdays, I don't stick around for all of them. But this past week on the 17th of August of 2022, if you haven't listened to their uh, whitish Wednesday, please do. Whitish Wednesday. Some that's, fantastic that's songs from my people. Yo, I can't, yo, I can't, yo. <laughs> this guy says. <laughs> yo, young black teenagers, they were pretty dope back in the day. And so you found they were white. Yeah, well, like, I was going to say, when they played Asher Roth, that's when I knew that it was all cool. downhill from there. <laughs> I was like, no, because. I like uh, college. <laughs> I like women. Yo, but uh, House of Pain. Uh, yo. Ooh, House should, of Pain. We should. We should do like a whole. Uh, we could do a whole episode actually, on them. Everlast is pretty dope until he went out Eminem, and Eminem like just like murderized. Well, him. yeah, that's what happens when anybody goes uh, to Eminem. Yeah, you just don't mess with the white boy. That, that boy's he's bananas. I'm a big Eminem fan. I think he's the best lyricist of all times. Um, like that's hard to say, but yo, dude is nice. Uh, but anyway, we're glad you joined us. As always, I'm Andre, and I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you next time. 
Hey guys, it's Chris from the Chris and Andre Show here. Just wanted to say thanks for checking out our show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would, subscribe, like, make sure to hit the notification bell so you get alerts when we post new videos, and leave a comment with your favorite part of the most recent episode that you watch. We'll see you on the next one.